Hey, hockey moms, check out bluelinehockeyclub.com for all the past and future podcasts. Tonight's podcast is brought to you by... Ever wonder why hockey sticks cost so damn much? What makes them so expensive? The carbon? The tooling? Nope, it's the marketing. Sponsoring those pros, buying advertising, it adds up, and you pay for all of it. So the guys at ARC Hockey started ARC to make state-of-the-art sticks that don't cost a car payment. And while their sticks are handmade of a 100% high-quality carbon fiber in the same factories as the big brands, they are bringing them directly to you from the only place you can find them, archhockey.com. No pros, no middlemen, no endorsement contracts to pay for, just guys like you who love hockey. So check them out at archhockey.com. That's A-R-C hockey.com. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Blue Line Hockey Club. We've got a big one tonight, episode 50. We have the usual suspects sitting in with us. We have Patrick Uncle Lardy Sullivan. What's up, Patrick? Aloha. Patrick's the producer in the house. We also have the all-around sports guru, the guy we go for all of our sports news, Derek D-Train. He, too. What's up, Derek? What's up, sweetos? We know. And your host tonight of the Blue Line Hockey Club, Mark the Doctor Morley. Oh, Doctor. Sitting in with us tonight, we have a very special guest, John Barr. John Barr was one of the leaders of the grassroots effort to get the Seattle NHL team, uh, expansion team, to come to Seattle. So, pretty excited to talk to John and uh, get a little bit of the info of uh, the uh, behind the scenes of how Seattle ended up with an NHL team. So, how's it going, John? It's going well. I wish I had a fancy intro like you guys did. <laughs> yeah, shit. I should have known I could have done something for you. What's your nickname, John? You got a, got a nickname? Uh, no, they called me Barzy or JB or whatever. So Barzy. Yeah. Nice. All right, we can call you. He said we can call him Barzy, so we'll go with it. <laughs> uh, John, you got a podcast yourself, right? Yeah, yeah. We just started it uh, in September. Um, a couple guys that are good on the radio, and then I'm just a sidekick. Yeah, nice. It's fun oh, to do. What's it called, John? It's called uh, Sound of Hockey for kind of tribute to the Puget Sound, which is where Seattle's located. Nice. So, John, um, we're kind of just curious, like, you know, how just an individual living in Seattle, you know, thinks about maybe trying to put an NHL team in a, in a city, you know, being one person in a, in a large city like that and, you know, massive organization like the NHL. I mean, how did you get some recognition from the NHL and how did you get this thing started? Well, um, so I moved to Seattle about 15 years ago. I actually grew up in the Bay Area before the uh, San Jose Sharks moved in. Never watched hockey, honestly. I never watched hockey till literally I moved away for college. Mm-hmm. And then the Sharks had some early success and I kind of fell in love with the sport. So I moved to, C- moved to Seattle about 15 years ago, and I realized how much hockey is in this area and, and mu- how much more hockey is in the area compared to San Jose or the Bay Area. And I just thought this was a great spot for hockey and started to research it. And then, um, I don't know, kind of a crazy idea. I just kind of put a mailing list on kind of what, you know, all the hockey people I, kn- I knew in the area, knew people I'd be interested in. And um, so that was about eight or nine years ago that I kind of, form that and then it's just kind of built from there and you know that's when social media was getting a lot more popular and and kind of jumped onto onto just about every platform 
Um, and would just be an advocate and bore people to death every chance I could to tell, tell them about how great of a market Seattle would be for hockey. So, I mean, that's, 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 I didn't know where it was going. I, I had no idea how I'd get there, but all I wanted to do was help bring the NHL here. And, and that's literally how it started. So who was like the first big time person that you got in front of or got an email from or tweet or something like that, that helped you catapult to the next level? Um, there was a, there, you know, there's, there's been tons, honestly, because there's times where there was, I had 500 followers on Facebook or whatever. And I thought that was a lot, you know, now there's like 16, 17,000, but, but there's like little milestones along the way that have been kind of, it, kind of eye opening and, and kind of pushed me to the next level. And, and I remember, you know, Jamie Huscroft, I don't know if you know him, he played in the NHL for a while, um, but he lives in the area and he was giving me positive feedback. And I, and I thought that was like uh, pretty important from a momentum standpoint and just getting that feedback. He wasn't like outward, outwardly endorsing me, but he was just supporting me, you know, and, and telling me, you know, let me let him know if he needed anything. So that was encouraging. Um, and then there, you know, even Greg Wyshynski, uh, you know, you probably know him from, um, he's at ESPN now, but he like referenced me in, a, in one of his blog posts when he was with Yahoo. And that was like a huge kind of eye-opener like holy crap people are paying attention outside my small hockey circle of a couple hundred so there's been a lot of milestones along the way and then gradually potential owners or somebody representing the ownership groups would reach out to me from time to time which which was kind of like scary because i'm like holy crap like you know like i don't i'm talking to like literally potential NHL owners. And so it's like putting yeah, the pressure yeah. on and then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I, you know, it wasn't, it's funny though. Like I was usually dealing with like staff people. Right. Um, but people were good to me and nice to me, but it wasn't until this latest group, um, the Oakview group where they like prioritize hockey. And it wasn't just about basketball or an arena or just like sending a staff or just to go talk to me and kind of keep me happy relatively speaking so but the latest group the, the people that pulled off the remodel uh the the bid to remodel the uh key arena that's going to bring hockey here they were the ones that were like we're going to need your support we're trying to bring hockey here and really kind of put the pressure on me to be like look this, we're we're for real where everybody else at the time i thought they were real but you know nothing really materialized so it wasn't until ovg came along that i really was pretty psyched and also a little scared because it was like, holy crap, it's all like, I have to help. And, and before it was just like, you know, a fan site, you know, like I, you know, I didn't, I didn't know and nobody's really put me into action. I've, I've supported a lot of the movements before that, but it wasn't until Oakview group where they kind of prioritized me and said, we need the hockey community support. So that's kind of where, where, it really but so like i was that was a long-winded way of me answering your question but there's been <laughs> basically leveling up along the way and so you kind of can see how that would go right um so that's that nice yeah so john it's kind of mind-boggling like you're a guy if i'm if i'm correct you don't have any really background in hockey right so are you trying to say that really the only like love of the game came when you started watching the san jose sharks and then the next thing you know you're you know, at least partially responsible for bringing a freaking hockey team to Seattle. That's, that's just kind of mind boggling. You know, it is where I step away, like, holy, can I swear on this? Yeah, oh, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> <Let her rip. laughs> it was like, it was like, holy shit. 
like <laughs> I'm really making this happen and people are looking to me for guidance and but but in a way I think I was a good person to lead it because I I didn't have this baked in kind of traditional hockey values and born and raised on the pond and in a traditional market and and have these I I was like the target demographic just 50, like a 20 year later version of it um, and what what's the potential and I kind of I believed in it because I'm I I became a fan of the, essentially as an adult and so I think that helped me you know share with people here and, and I've met with you know politicians or other you know other city employees and just said like you know hey you might not know about it now but it you're gonna love it it because because it happened to me and so i think that made it easier for me to relate to people along the way that weren't necessarily hockey people do you have the, you have the mayor on speed dial now uh <laughs> not not quite um <laughs> but she uh neither do we it, this, this, yeah, it was a crazy time. I don't know if you remember. So if you if you know if you're a little familiar with the milestones, but it was uh, December 2017 when Bettman announced that he was considering Seattle for like accepting an application from the Seattle group. But I got a call about two hours before that announcement, asking to come down to see the mayor's office because they're they're going to do a presser after Bettman does an announcement. And I literally had had no idea it was coming and I had no idea what uh, Bettman was going to say, but I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool. So I went down there and then, you know, my, you can imagine my phone blew up because I was, I was dry. I was, I was getting an Uber ride down there. And then all of a sudden my phone blows up, like, because I totally missed the, the uh, announcement that Bettman gave. But anyway, that's my mayor story. And she, she's been really receptive and prioritized hockey. So it was it was pretty cool, and but I swear I could walk right by her; she would know who I was. <laughs> John, what's the buzz like out in Seattle right now with uh, construction going on, and uh, you know, trying to figure out a name for the team? Uh, what's the city like with all the hockey fans? Um, you know, at the local pubs, watering holes. What's the talk and buzz out there like? Yeah, it's you know, it's not like oh my god, everybody's so psyched for hockey. Like certainly hockey circles are, are forming and people are kind of getting into it, but it's really hard to follow hockey without having a team. Like what's and what's the reason or, you know, why, why, who should we watch? Like nobody knows who to watch if they're not a fan or they've already got their fans because they're from like Toronto or, you know, Buffalo or who, whoever, wherever. Right. So, but it's building for sure. And, and I have people like, so in our podcast, uh, we have people telling us how much uh, they're starting to get into it, and they appreciate the podcast because it's kind of like bringing people along for the ride. Now, there, there's also two other junior teams in the area, um, uh, major junior teams, which is the Everett Silvertips and uh, Seattle Thunderbirds. So those communities are already pretty big, and they both have really good runs. Like the Thunderbirds had Barzal for uh, three years, and then Carter Hart was playing in Everett just last year. So like there's some strong uh, hockey presence already, and um, those communities are kind of getting bigger. And I think I think they're drawing a little bit more because people are getting excited for hockey that already know about the junior hockey in the area. So it's building. I wouldn't say it's like rabid. You know, the Seahawks still dominate the area, and that's that's going to continue as long as they're you know pretty good. Um, but until we kind of get a little bit more kind of momentum and we start to materialize and putting the team together and putting the name and all that, 
I think it's it's going to be kind of a hurry up and wait type scenario. I mean, I'm yeah. totally excited, but uh, and I know a lot of a lot of people are, are like sent me emails or like, man, I could cry when that announcement happened because you know they've been li- um, life lifelong hockey fans living in Seattle, always dreaming for that. Where I'm, I'm just 15 years in Seattle. Yeah. So correct me if I'm wrong, but when they did the uh, preliminary season ticket thing to see if there was enough interest to um, bring a team and didn't that sell out like record time? Yeah, it was uh, something like 10,000. Well, the target was 10,000 season de- season ticket deposits and the deposits were 500 and a thousand. Uh, so like not super cheap. Like I think Vegas was a hundred dollars and I don't, I'm not trying to disparage Vegas. I'm just saying it was our buy-in was a lot higher, but we sold 10,000, or we took 10,000 season tickets uh, within 12 minutes. Wow. And then by the by the end of the end of the day we had like 24,000 deposits. That's huge. Which, yeah, in the only seat yeah. like that many, right? <laughs> no, it can only see like 17. It can only see 17. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I mean, I was like losing sleep the whole week leading up to this, like thinking to myself, did I do enough, right? Did I let everybody know like you know, I know a lot of hockey people in the area, but I don't know 10,000 people that are willing to send, put down deposits. So I had no idea. And it, it surprised um, everybody involved, including OVG, who administered the, the um, ticket drive. So, But uh, it's funny, though. I've always sold Seattle as a market as the opportunity for growth. And so, like, I didn't think it would be a smash hit out of the gate. I just think people would have time to need to have time to expose themselves to hockey. And then, you know, so now we have a different problem. Like I was wrong. There's already a huge hockey market here. And Wait now it's going to be, a, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be a challenge to get kind of peripheral fans in the door. So, I mean, it's a good problem to have, but it's like, oh man, this isn't, this isn't a growth market. It's already a pretty huge market. Yeah, well, probably, uh, probably won't be too long then before you guys are, of building a new arena here within the next couple of years. <laughs> well, right. maybe we can move it into Safeco where the Mariners play. Or, excuse me, they rebranded T-Mobile Park. There you go. So tell yeah. us about kind of like what, what role, now that the expansion team's been awarded and, and, and things like that, what, what role are you playing now? Anything? Uh, not not anything formal or, you know, I, I can give um, the NHL club some insights onto what sentiment is or if they're – I can help promote some things that they're doing. Like they've done some watch parties where I've helped promote them. They've been relatively quiet to be honest. And, and um, you know, maybe that's for good reason. I don't know if, uh, you know, the two and a half year lead time is sustainable to kind of keep it. So they might, might have a plan together. I still interact with them from time to time, but there's no formal role, but I'll give feedback on whether it be the, the youth and adult hockey markets and help kind of construct a plan around what they're doing with uh, the practice facility or whatnot. Um, just, I'm just like kind of a sounding board, but nothing really official, but they, they still, they've all treated me really well. And, you know, like in case it, in case it's not clear, I've never taken a dime from them. And, and that, that's probably good because I just want to be pure to the cause. And I even told them early on that I'm going to support any plan that can bring the NHL here. That's my you objective. May, and I told them right, lost, out, right out of the gate. You may have lost a few bucks along the way though. Oh Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not. Yeah, I definitely. I mean, I, you know, I. Yeah, I've lost some money, and I don't like to talk about it. My uh, my partner might get a little upset when I put a dollar amount on it. So let's just cut that discussion right now. No doubt, no. it's all good. No doubt. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
maybe you'll get some uh, season tickets out of it. Um, I know you said you were you're not really doing too much now, John. What about you know the name? Have you been kind of throwing any names around out there, um, getting that around the city, or is there a name right now that is kind of sticking out there? So, uh, like for years, people would ask me about it, and, and you know, I've had pretty high up people ask me about it, and I and I kind of say I I kind of refuse to play the the name game because it's I always equate it to figuring out where you're going to spend your money after winning the, or before you actually win the lottery. It's like, well, let's win the lottery first. And now that we've won the lottery, I don't know what. To, I'm like, okay, now do I have to have an opinion on the name because I've, I've beat it in my head that I'm not going to get attached to any one name because odds are it's not going to be the name because it's easily the most contentious uh, topic in the in the area. Like people, no matter what kind of article I write or post on Facebook, undoubtedly somebody always draws it back to the name, even if it has nothing to do with the name. So. Uh, some names that are getting thrown out are uh, Seattle Totems, which is an old pro team. Uh, they have kind of a cool logo. I'm pretty sure it's not going to be that because of the misappropriation issue. Um, uh, Metropolitans, which you guys have probably known about, which is the, the old Pacific uh, Hockey League club who won the Stanley Cup in 1917. Um, but I think even Bettman, kind of, when he was out here in January, implied that we're not going to, it's probably not going to be named that because of the uh, ties to the Metropolitan Division, which all this stuff can be fixed and changed for the right price, I'm sure. But um, there's also kind of things like Steelheads, um, even though there's uh, a ECHL team and a OHL team called the Steelheads uh, because it's fishing and, and the area. Um, other than that, it's like, there's a lot. And then a lot of people throw out the Kraken. I don't know if you've heard that one before, but that was getting a lot of play for a while. And what's that Especially again? The, cra- yeah. What's that mean again? It's, it's, uh, it's like a huge sea like monster, monster, like an octopus. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, it's, so one of the owners is Jerry Bruckheimer, the Hollywood guy. And he, he's the, um, yeah. And, uh, also pirates of the Caribbean, which has a Kraken reference in it. So, oh, okay. so people are kind of drawing those two lines and, and I don't think that's accurate, <laughs> but, but that's why it's like almost impossible to like have this like objective conversation about the name. It's pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. They're not going to call it the Seattle bars. Uh, I'll, I'll throw it in there, <laughs> but I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> push for you, man. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's all. That's all pretty cool, man. It's just uh, pretty. I mean, for you, I'm sure it's surreal to to sit back and think about now that you're getting an NHL team and you're a big part of, um, you know, that push to get Seattle team. It's unbelievable. And I know that, uh, like you said, Jerry Buckheimer is part of the team, and um, they upped up the franchise fee quite a bit from the Vegas tag, and to what they charge Seattle. It's a big money yeah. to get into this. Yeah, that's what when people say, "Oh, you did so much to get the." Job. Well, I'm like, well, I'm not a billionaire. I didn't put down. $650 million. So, so there's a lot of other people that really made it happen. Cause that, that wasn't, that's not, that's a little out of my price range. So what's, what's it like out there? Is there uh, you know, bulldozers and stuff like that or what's going on to the arena? Well, it, you know, the, the tricky thing here is it's, it's an historical roof. And so they actually uh, have to dig under the roof. And so they're gutting it now it's not quite there there's big equipment nearby or like ready to go when they're ready but they basically have to hollow it out and they're digging digging like another 15 feet down and out 
So the roof is going to be the same, but it's essentially that's all that's going to be the same and everything's going to be gutted underneath. Like they're actively working on it, um, you know, all the time. And they've got city waivers to like take haul trucks there 24-7. So versus normally you can't like do big haul trucks through the city, but they're, they've got a, a city waiver to get it done. So um, it's it's pretty, I you know, I haven't seen inside the bowl at all because it's, it's, I mean, it, you're, there's so much fencing behind it. Um, that's that's probably not going to get see any airtime for a while. So with uh with the season tickets probably going to be sold out. Um, are people pretty excited of what happened in Vegas and seeing what they were able to accomplish their first two years in the NHL with the the way they do the expansion draft now and um, you know the possibilities of being able to compete right away. That must be exciting for Seattle. You know that that is in in a way, in a way like I was like. I was rooting against them, right? Because then that means like, <laughs> oh crap, they're they're going to make them the rules harder. But uh, Bettman confirmed they're keeping the rules the same. It's nice to think that they can be competitive in year one. I think I'm, uh, you know, all I want them to do is play meaningful games in March, right? Where like they're not eliminated by March in that first year. Um, but you know, who knows? I think Vegas set the bar so damn high, and you you also worry about other teams in the league kind of, you know, not making the same as twice. So, yeah. So we'll see how that goes with, with, with that. I mean, uh, you know, they have Dave Tippett on staff. You guys have probably heard that. Um, he's been kind of basically all everything hockey related. He's going to, um, you know, he's going to be on point for that or has been on point since the summer. That includes AHL France, uh, facility or excuse me, AHL location, uh, requirements around the practice facility as well as the arena as far as locker rooms and what else they need and kind of the the commitments needed around those things from a hockey perspective. Um, and then he's also probably going to be tasked to uh, find the G, the general manager for the team. Nice. nice. Well, it's all very yeah. – thought you had to worry about your dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the first time that's ever happened during the show, so it's kind of funny that we talked about it earlier. Um, oh. You know, <laughs> But you know, I guess another question before we let you go. I know you got to get get on a flight to Boston, but um, are you planning on moving to any other city anytime soon to start another NHL <laughs> franchise? <laughs> no, man. I've it was a nine-year endeavor. I think I'm pretty committed here. So I mean, that you know, that's one thing though is is that made it easy. Is I love Seattle and I love hockey and kind of you know I had no intention of going anywhere. I do. I you know. I, there were times where it's like, holy crap, what if this never happens, right? Because there were some dark days where, I don't know if you recall, but when um, when Vegas expansion process began, like Seattle, there were four groups from Seattle that, uh, in theory, asked for an application, but none of them submitted it at the deadline. And so that was pretty devastating because it was like, holy crap, like here I thought we were looking decent. and uh, and then nobody applies. And so I, you know, I had to kind of come up with the realization, like, what if this never happens? Right. Cause what if they would have awarded it to, um, you know, Quebec, another franchise to Quebec at 32 feels like a pretty complete league. And, you know, there's always the possibility of relocation, but I've never been a fan of relocation and even advocating for it as much as I wanted hockey here. I wanted to do it right. And kind of, um, have our own franchise, like just because I believe, I believe in the sport too much to think that it can't survive in some capacity in Arizona. And you look at things like Austin Matthews and, and there's tons of players coming out of Texas and Florida. Now you've got to, 
I believe in the sport and I think it can work as long as, you know, you have the right mix of ownership and, you know, you got to win a little bit to expose the sport a little bit. So that was a long winded way of saying, I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying in Seattle, but I did contemplate maybe looking at a place where uh, hockey might, might already be established. Nice. We know you got to catch a flight out to Boston and uh, we don't want to hold you up and, and get you late in the security line. So we really appreciate you coming on the Blue Line Hockey Club. It's been fun talking to you and hopefully maybe we get you back on the show when the team's up and running. Give us a little bit about the experience out there in Seattle once the team's playing. Yeah, the for, out there. I, I appreciate being on. and I like to, you know, I, I, uh, I know it took a little time to get it scheduled, but uh, I do appreciate you guys asking me to be on. It was a good time and I'll always come on for, for guys like you, so so don't hesitate to reach out. Well, thanks, John. Thanks for what you did for the sport of hockey, man. It's awesome. Thanks, Barzy. All right. <laughs> thanks, boys. All right. Take Have it easy, Barzy. Thank you. Talk to you later. Later. See ya. All right, John Barr coming in, one of the uh, grassroots guys to get Seattle team out in Seattle. So pretty cool to see how that happened. Um, it always was kind of curious to see how somebody like that, be like one of us trying to start a team in New York, right? So – it's just a you know small fish in a big sea out there and he was able to get enough people together and get enough interest from the people in seattle to actually to make it a reality and they, they got a fucking team coming to seattle so i mean hats off to him and if there was more guys out there like that that were promoting hockey that don't even play hockey or even know about hockey till they're in their 40s um you know the, the sport would probably be kind of in a different place today so good stuff john and we really appreciate him giving us a little insight of how that happened out there yeah. yeah, you got some names that you got in mind for Seattle? Maybe the Seattle Suinos? The Seattle Salmon, I don't know. Muskies. Um, yeah, I don't even know like where I would start. The doctors. Uh, to try to get a franchise going. Like That task is so, you know, almost impossible of what he did. And, and like you said, nine years he's been working on this quit his job at Microsoft and invest. Well, I shouldn't say invested through 30 donated $30,000 at this grassroots effort. And it actually worked out. And he, he's been, you know, meeting with, he met with the owners. He met with the mayor. He met with Gary Bettman. Um, just some guy who's likes the sport of hockey. And what he did was kind of unbelievable. Actually it's, um, Someone should write a book on them or make a movie. Yeah, it'd be nice to see something uh, come out of this with uh, the organization once they start um, playing out there. Maybe he can be involved in some way somehow, maybe in promoting or marketing, or it seems like he's pretty good at that kind of stuff. But they should give him a suite, that's for sure, for the first year. A leader, a fucking plaque when you walk into place or some shit. So, <laughs> you know, maybe a little statue somewhere. Yeah, really. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, that was, that was a good interview, boys. And we've got a lot going on in the NHL world. And uh, i got to tell you, I, I'm going to interrupt here. I'm, I'm watching the, no, here we uh, go. I'm watching here we go. the game live. <laughs> and, you know, Mark, you commented this Viala is impressive. He's impressive. Yeah, he's had a couple of games. I just see uh, Minnesota scored again. Same exact thing. Um Donato shot the puck and Zucker batted it out of the air. Two nothing Minnesota. Hey, this is this is a big win for, for the heart, you know, with the Granlin trade. After all, yeah, might have worked out. No, this is a uh, you know, 
we talk about it a little bit, but Minnesota's this think after this game, they've got 14 left and um, 10 of those games are against teams that are um, into the, they're not in wild card potential. They're actually in the playoff run. So they've got a rough schedule ahead of them and playing Nashville back to back. You know, that was to two shootouts. I mean, they've been playing well and they've been playing well against good teams. So if they can get the W tonight, that's going to be a huge two points for them being fighting for that wild card spot. I think they're just uh, one point away from being in the top wild card spot. So this will be a good pickup tonight if they get the W. Yeah, I think in a way it's a good thing, though, don't you think, though? I mean, to play to, to play against competition like that leading into the playoffs, I think that's a, I think it's actually a good thing instead of playing a bunch of, you know, sub-500 teams that don't have anything to play for anymore. So I, uh, I think that yeah. could actually work to their benefit. Yeah. yeah I, and they, they've actually played worse against um, weaker opponents this year. They've played better against the, the top teams and like you said you two this is you know this is the time to peak so you know with a only 14 games left it's coming down to crunch time so every yeah it's almost like yeah if you watch these games it's almost like watching the playoffs already they said that what would you say mark 15 games left they gotta win 11 out of the 15 it's 73 percent of their games um you know depending on who wins or loses but Roughly, that's what it is to uh, claim that wild card spot. So, and they and they have some big uh, games coming up, like you said. And to be honest, I'm surprised they've done well the last six games they played. I mean, they tied Nashville, got a point each game. They beat St. Louis. They're, looks like they're going to beat Tampa tonight. I mean, and then they go and lose to you know shitty, you know, awful teams in the league. So. Maybe, yeah. maybe this will help them get it. And uh, just to switch the topic here, um, the Bruins have won the last 17 games. or Well, they haven't lost in the last 17 games. So they had 13 wins and four ties in the last 17 games. So they've had points. Um, and that's how they're staying above Toronto in that in that playoff spot there. You know, So that's a pretty impressive run right there to see what the Bruins have been doing. I don't know if they're playing right now tonight or not. I didn't look, but um, they've been on fire as far as uh, – what they've been doing too. So they're, they're peaking right now. And obviously Tampa Bay, we don't really I mean they're losing right now, but we don't need to express how they've uh, they're on track to have 130 points this year. And there's only two other teams to, to do that. I think it was the, the, uh, the Detroit Red Wings in 95, 96 had like 132. And then I think the Canadians at one point, back in the day at 133 or something. So they're potentially on track to have one of the best seasons of all time in, in the NHL as far as wins go. Pretty impressive. That is impressive. Bruins won tonight. Did they? Yeah. yeah so there you go, 18. 4-3. Yeah, so that's uh, – they're on a run, man. Don't nice. So uh, I just wanted to Pat get into that. Right, Pat, you torn. Pat, you still a big Bruins fan, or are you just more now because of Jordan? You're the straight wild um, I mean, I'm always going to root for the Bruins, but, uh, I watch every game, every shift of the, um, the wild. So it's, unless it's a late game and I get sleepy, but, uh, I pretty much watch the wild. I'm with the wild now. Um, yeah. yeah. When you watch every game, you know, I know what you're saying, Pat, being a Rangers fan, you know, I, t- I watch a lot more wild games than I do Rangers games and it starts to tend to root for that team. But, uh, it's easy to do. Another um, 
thing that happened this week was Barry Trotz. I think he got his, his thousands win. Yep. That's a milestone for him. And then um, I think it was Cullen. Was it Matt Cullen had his, uh, what did he play in his like thousandth game too? Yeah, so, he was up there, yep. 21 seasons. He plays for the, the Penguins. I think he's this is his 21st season in the league. He's played in this 1,000th game the other day. A couple milestones that happened this week for those guys. Yeah, Crosby did something too. Point point wise, I forget what it was. Um, I think he had like twelve hundred points. Or let me see if I can find that. But Crosby had a milestone too. So there was a bunch of milestones. Um, one other touchy subject was um, Ted Lindsay passed away. That was all over the news. You know, they got the Ted Lindsay Award. The Ted Lindsay Awards actually um, awarded to a player in the league, voted by the players of the league. So. Um, with that saying, you know, it's, it's just a class act award. He's a class, he was a classy guy, did a lot for the, uh, NHL. So he passed away, um, I want to say Tuesday, was it? So, and just yeah, a, lot of the, a lot of the teams did the ceremonies for him before the games. Um, yeah, yeah a great tribute to him. I've seen this week. So, um, big name in hockey and I think he was 93 years old. So yeah, definitely lived a good life. Yep. And then he had, uh, Number twelve retired up in Calgary this week. That was a big deal for the for the Calgary Flames. Jerome McGinley. Yeah, so they honored him this week, and um, Minnesota Wild played there. And, and uh, Dumba was a big fan growing up. I guess he was tweeting a picture. He had like a fat head of him in his room growing up, and so it was uh, actually Dumba went out to the game for that. So that was kind of cool to see Minnesota Wild play in that game. Yeah, I, there's a topic I wanted to touch on just because Minnesota's playing Tampa is uh, Kucherov. He was drafted in the 2011 draft, and he was um, 58th overall. And it's just kind of amazing to me that the top player in the NHL the last two years um, got drafted 58, almost almost into the third round. And it's almost uh, Tom Brady-ish, you know. Tom Brady was way down there, right? He too. And um, sixth round, yeah, he was a sixth round pick. Yeah, one of the greatest of all times. And uh, it's just crazy how, uh, you know, you look at some of the names that got drafted before him, and uh, I've never heard of them. They're not even in the AHL or the NHL, so um, kind of a fuck up there. Yeah, there's some GMs kicking themselves right now. <laughs> probably fired by now. I don't know what they're going to do up in Ottawa. We talked about it earlier with, uh, you know, that potential rumor of Greg Carville going there. But, uh, I mean, as a head coach, do you want to go there? I mean, you're All right. You're two guys that are your leaders on the team are like 19 and 21 or something. You're supposed to be leading that team. So, you know, as your first time being a head coach in the NHL, do you want to be coaching a team like that i don't know it's well, I mean, you get to you get to build the team the way you want it right i mean you're, you're, at, you're starting from the bottom there's no other yeah. way to look at that expectations no are low you know <laughs> expectations won't be uh through the roof it might be actually a good a good situation to get into especially when you're building the squad you can build it the exact way you want it you're not right. dealing with a bunch of veteran players where you're going into a bunch of egos and um it, it could actually be the opposite i mean it might be actually the perfect opportunity for for a guy like him. I mean, he was, he was an assistant coach in Ottawa for, for a few years before. So he knows that he knows that organization and uh, it, it might be, 
who know? I mean, we're talking about a rumor right now anyways, but it, it could be actually the perfect situation for a young guy like that to step into, build the, build the team exactly the way he wants it. He can only go up, right? Yep. And you're going to be able to, you know, he has a, he obviously has a, you know, a style that works with the, with young players. He's, he's proven that in the, at the college level. So yeah. uh, when you're going to, you're going to build a team based on young players, it looks like he's got a system that they seem to kind of adapt to and, and enjoy and, and thrive in. So maybe, maybe it'd be a good thing. And he was head coach at St. Lawrence. St. Lawrence had a pretty good record. They were you yeah. know, over 500. He left. Um, they're not doing too well right now. And uh, obviously he's did wonders at UMass. I mean, Mark can attest to this. Mark, when you were at UMass, I mean, nobody went to the games, right? And last yeah. two, three years, nobody went to the games. And now it's sold out and there's lines waiting out the door, especially students to get in and watch. And then, you know, there's been some things on social media where Greg Carbo was actually ordered like 500 pizzas um, and had them delivered before the game for all the students in line. So that's how crazy it is there right now. Yeah, cool. UMass definitely gets behind their winning teams. Um, you know, their basketball team has been shitty for years. But the year before I got there, they had Canby and it was the same kind of atmosphere. So, I mean, it's it's similar to NL sports. If you got a winning team, the fans will show up and and hop on that bandwagon you start losing and then they're staying in the dorms and slugging forties and smoking pot. <laughs> it's probably, still, probably still doing that shit and then going to the games, but you know, that's a zoo for you. No doubt. So they got a lot of college hockey coming up guys, uh, getting into the conference championships this week. Uh, I think teams have one game left or this is the last weekend if they haven't um, finished up yet. So, College hockey, we should start seeing those conference championships and, uh, you know, the ECAC uh, Final Four is always cool to go watch and placid and stuff and um, exciting time in college hockey and, you know, start to get some games on TV. We can watch the Final Four and all that, Frozen Four. So that's kind of going to be a topic coming up in the next couple of weeks for us to talk about. So we'll be filling in on all that kind of news and, you know, stay tuned for that. If we want to get into a little bit of what's uh, – happening in the standings we can do that as far as the nhl goes um not too much has changed i don't think really from last week um like we talked about before the bruins being just above the the leafs in that conference and you know i think the the big wild card race is in that central division right now fighting for that wild card spot uh with dallas and uh, the wild and who's who else is it right behind the wild in that is it st louis Colorado and Arizona. Oh, yeah, Arizona. They've actually, Arizona's been playing well as of late. Um, we don't really talk about Arizona too much, but they've, uh, they've actually been playing well. And if you've caught some of their highlights, but um, they don't get a lot of national press on some of the NHL stuff, too. So, you know, they get, they get the short end of the stick, but they've been playing pretty well. They're creeping up. Colorado actually um, is doing really well. Colorado and Dallas play each other. I think that is tomorrow. So that'll be a big game. Those two battling. Hopefully Dallas lose, loses. Dallas just beat the Rangers one nothing. So that's how they're uh, one point ahead of Minnesota. Um, they would be tied if Minnesota would have beat uh, Nashville. But, um, yeah, you still got Calgary on top up there, San Jose, Vegas. Vegas has been on fire, too. They actually, the last five games, have done the best in the league. They're 5-0, and 6-3-1 in their last 10. So Vegas is on a hot streak. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, 
Um, just t- beat, just got a record. He's like fourth all time in goalies for wins. Um, just passed. Uh, I can't remember who it is, but uh, he just passed um, a legend on the list for most wins as a goalie. So Vegas is on fire too out there in the central. Yeah. And then you got a, with the Knights too, you got the Sharks and the Flames right there. And like you said, the Coyotes right behind them. So there's a good little uh, playoff push there. And like getting into the end of the season here, we're just going to see all these games turn into playoff games because every point is going to matter. And, uh, you know, that's that's where it is. You know, at this point of the season, it, it comes down. If you're on that wild card bubble, every game matters. 3 yep. nothing Minnesota, boys. 3 nothing Game over. Well, there's two minutes left. Goobs just pulled a fucking goose egg against Tampa Bay. That's good I know. I actually made a bet with Jordan that he they'd get smoked tonight, and uh, good thing I didn't bet any money. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a huge win. I put that one on my tab. Yeah, they're fighting for that. Like we say, we're fight. They're fighting for a wild card spot. So to beat the best team in the league, you know, that's that's going to be a good motivation, a good confidence builder for those guys, and. Hopefully Bruce doesn't fuck up the lines too bad. He's got he's got him switched up again. So yeah, better change him up all over again. Yeah, yeah. So I just wanted to touch on a little bit since we had John Barr on tonight about the um, the Seattle team, you know, and just kind of touch on it a little bit about how you know do you guys think they're going to do as well as Vegas? You know, it's kind of the same format that they're going to pick teams. And uh, well, I'll tell you what. You know, from, uh, you know, just a measure, a pure measurement standpoint, we now have an example of the Vegas Knights. And if uh, Seattle comes out and has a really strong team, then we know that there is something with the, um, the way that that's set up, that it's in the favor of that team because they're, they're skimming all of these above average players and putting together a really freaking good team with them. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. good for the, it's good for the league when they go to try to, you know, if they want to add a 33rd team or, you know, they want to get Quebec back in the league or one of these other cities that was, you know, in the running for the, the 32nd team, you know, when they're charging, I don't know what's it 500 million for a franchise fee now or something crazy. 600. Yeah. Yeah. 600. So, you know, they're saying, well, these teams are successful their first year. You're going to have good, good returns on your investment. You know, opposed to Vegas and Seattle suck, it's hard for them to, you know, pitch in other cities. So I think the NHL is pushing for this model because it's been successful for, um, you know, because, you know, even for fans and for the NHL, no one wants to watch a shitty team. No, I say you're you're right on, Mark. It's definitely good for the league because, you know, if Vegas would have shit to bed and they would have been awful the last year, you know, who the hell wants to – who wants to invest six hundred million into a fucking NHL team, and uh, especially in Seattle, and not uh, do very well? So, I, I think Vegas kind of set the bar, and and in a good way, you know, for other teams and the NHL, they almost got lucky. You know, the NHL got lucky, not Vegas. The NHL got lucky to the point where, look, look what happened to Vegas with this format. Um, it, it couldn't have been scripted any better for the NHL, and I think Batman's doing a great job. You love, yeah. That's, it's just going to grow, grow this game too. So that's basically what the NHL is trying to do: is grow this game, especially in the United States. 
um, you know, to get a team in Seattle, now you're going to start having a lot more kids playing minor hockey out there because they're getting involved in watching hockey. You know, that's their goal is to grow the game of hockey. And the more people they have watching hockey, the more money that league's making and more TV rights they've got and all that shit. So, you know, it's all about money in the end. And, uh, you know, if they can come up with a good structure to get more people to watch it, you know, they want to be the, you know, NFL someday, I guess you could say, where they've got the viewership. Yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to see the Quebec Quebec Nordiques make a comeback. They're, I used to love, uh, you know, their logo and stuff like that. And just back in the day watching the Nordiques play, I'd be cool to see that, that team come back. Yeah, it was cool. The um, the uh, Carolina Hurricanes won the old wore the old uh, Hartford Whaler jerseys the other night against Did Boston, they? I believe. Yeah, um, that was a pretty cool uh, pretty cool game to see those old jerseys. I think this is actually their second time um, they've worn the jerseys. And then on top of that, did you guys see the jerks? They had Holyfield out there. Did you guys? Yeah, see I that? did see that. A bunch of jerks are hot hot right now still too. You know they're. They're playing yeah, they're good. Yeah. yeah, despite yeah, so all the despite all the hate being thrown at them, but they're 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 doing well. Um, they're in that uh, top wild card spot over there. First, yes, yeah. wild card spot. Yeah. So they had they all gotten around in the circle, the center circle. Uh, the captain went out in the middle. Holyfield was there with some boxing gloves on, and uh, knocked the captain down. It was like a box, boxing match. So they're getting creative and they're getting people to. Uh, come out and uh, join them too. I mean, I think they're take that whole Don Cherry thing of uh, calling them a bunch of jerks kind of egged them on a little bit. Now they're, they're uh, <laughs> taking it to another level. Yeah. I think they need to send Don Cherry a check because I think he definitely, <laughs> he definitely generated some revenue for those t-shirts they've been making down there. But, uh, well, but Hey, before we go though, fellas, we got the, uh, you got to talk about the Canton bears real quick. Oh, the, yeah. Alumni going to play in the, State tourney this weekend. They play, I think, Suffern on Saturday afternoon. Number, number one team in the state. Uh, Suffern. Christ. Yeah. So good luck to the Canton Golden Bears, man. All of us are former Bears, former state uh, champs here. So they haven't won one since back in our day. So hopefully they can pull it off. Yeah. Good luck, boys. Yeah. You know, it would be nice to hang another banner down the path it's been a long time little dust on the ones that we won so it'd be you know i think i had my 20th year in a uh, reunion last year so that's how long it's been since Ooh. they hung, hung a banner <laughs> oh, they're, they're due they're due for sure well boys it was uh, another good interview here and um it's nice to talk yeah, to barzy barzy out in seattle about um what he's been doing to get the, the team to come to seattle and it was a good interview so well, it just touch a little bit on our cocky, give them a nice uh, promo, guys. I've been using their stick, and actually, last night in my uh, in my game, I had a one timer from the slot, and I I totally went over the net with it. So I can't blame the stick, but I definitely uh, didn't win the game for us. So what I'm gonna say you... the stick, though. Yeah. What's that, Pat? What were you saying? You uh, you did something like you were fucking around with your team and. Um... They got pissed at you. Yeah, so, um, you know, typical men's hockey. The goalie gets hurt in the first period with maybe five minutes into the game, right? So the guy, like, twists his ankle or some shit. He tries to play for a minute, and then he's like, I can't do it. So he leaves, right? So it's like six minutes into the game. They have no goalie, and all we have to do is put the puck in an empty net, right? So we're up by, like, we're, it's only 5-3, 
in the third, there's like five minutes left. And I'm in the defensive end playing D and I got the puck and I'm fucking around with it in the corner. And I'm just kind of, you know, just fucking around with it. I'll go to D to D to the guy with, playing with me and he fucks up the puck and um, they score. I come off the ice. They're like, just fire it down. Just fire it down. I'm like, guys, you're really fucking <laughs> serious about losing. Yeah. They don't have a fucking goalie. Just shoot it in the empty net, you fucks. So that was my experience uh, in men's hockey this week. Uh, little too serious i guess for my liking but uh, we did win the game needless to say that it was no goalie i would hope so <laughs> we only won by like two goals <laughs> oh, that's bad oh, boys, we we got, uh, a little maddie coming up here uh, first second and third intermission report from the maddie b jewel master maddie. what's up what's up fellas do you have any uh, kind of goddamn fucking news for us or what I got a little bit here. You guys talk about the Wild beating Tampa Bay three nothing right now. Oh yeah, we mentioned it. Yeah, yeah, we mentioned that. All right, my apologies big win, big there. One, big win. Is it All right? right let's go. It is. I think it's at commercial break right now, but it's over now. It's a final two points. All right, so fill us in on what's going on in the world of sports uh, this past week. All right, gentlemen. So in the Eastern Conference, we got the Milwaukee Bucks. They're up uh, two point five games on number two Toronto. Number three is uh, the Indiana Pacers. Number four is the Philadelphia 76ers. Rounding out the top five is the Boston Celtics. In the Western Conference of the NBA, we got Golden State Warriors sitting one game up on the Denver Nuggets. The Houston Rockets are third in the West with Oklahoma City Thunder at four and the Portland Trailblazers at five. In action last night, LeBron James passed Michael Jordan for fourth from the NBA's all-time scoring race. Wow. He'll be chasing former Laker great Kobe Bryant for third all-time, and he's projected to surpass him next year early season. Snoozy, 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 NASCAR. Uh, The Pennzoil (laughs) 400 last Sunday, uh, Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Joey Joey Logano in the 22 car was able to outrace Brad Keselowski. Uh, He's won the second uh, race of the season. Uh, The Phoenix Phoenix will host the uh, next race Sunday, March 10th on Fox. Uh, in Major League Baseball, spring training's well underway. Bryce Harper's agreed to a $330 million contract, 13-year deal with the Philadelphia Phillies. Hey-o. Uh, he's looking at uh, giving some of that money back, though, gentlemen. Uh, he's uh, facing tampering fines. He's been reported uh, recruiting uh, the best player in baseball, Mike Trout. Uh, he's doubled down. He said it two days in a row, so that's you know trouble for his wallet. The Yankees starting pitcher is turning into a major concern with injuries to starters CeCe Sabathia and Luis Severino. The Bronx Bombers looking to pitch, uh, looking to address their pitching, uh, but it's uh, reported that Brian Cashman said that uh, they're just going to stay internal. They're not really searching anybody in the free uh, market as far as uh, free agents are concerned. Uh, Kevin Mitchell won the Honda Classic last week, shooting nine under par. The Arnold Palmer invitation is underway with round one starting at the Bay Hill Golf Course. Um, person $9.1 million. Ooh. NFL news, the NFL Combine produced some surprises as potential number one overall pick, Kyler Murphy. Uh, he didn't practice in any of the drills, but he measured in at 5'10", which was everyone's major interest. The Arizona Cardinals have the number one overall pick. With Murray's college coach last year leading the Cardinals this year, there's speculation the Cardinals will trade Josh Rosen and take Murray number one overall. The New England Patriots appear to be in the hunt for uh, Josh Rosen. We'll see what happens there. He could be the successor for Tom Brady. Successor for Tom Brady, excuse me. 
Antonio Brown is expected to sign Friday. Uh, there's reports that he'll sign with the Oakland Raiders, <laughs> which is good for me and my squad. Uh, seven weeks until the draft, gentlemen, so we'll see what happens there. Hang tight. Uh, in men's college hoops, we got uh, star Zion Williams. He's reported to be in the final phase of his recovery for the Blue Devils. And you know what, guys? They really, really need him. Uh, they're uh, two of five in their last five games. Uh, pardon me, three of five in the last five games. The fifth game was against uh, underdog by 28 and a half points, Wake Forest. And that game came down to a buzzer beater. Um, there wasn't even a beater. Wake Forest uh, put up a layup. That ball was in and out in every way possible, but it wouldn't drop. So, you know, they got lucky there. Uh, men's Division One hockey, absolutely no changes there. We got St. Cloud State at number one, UMass at number two, Minnesota Duluth at three, Minnesota State at four, Quinnipiac at five. Clarkson was able to climb two spots, number 11 from 13 last year in the country. Women's Division One hockey has a few changes in the top five. We got Minnesota at one, Wisconsin at two, Northeastern at three. Clarkson climbs two spots to number four, and Boston College enters and rounds out the top five at number five in the country. So, um, you know, a little bit of news uh, there for you guys. And, um, you know, a little bit changing in all sports. Um, and yeah, it was an exciting week in, uh, in sports for sure. I mean, we're getting down to the to playoffs in college hockey, and we talked about that earlier, how that's going to start being an exciting thing for us to talk about in the next couple of weeks. And, that's in uh, Buffalo, right? The pros and fours in Buffalo this year, yeah. I actually got, seems to do a lot of stuff too. I actually got a call from someone from NCAA Connecticut, I want to say. I answered it, and they're like, hey, we're from the NCAA hockey. I'm like, hey, what's going on? The tour, uh, thought it was something exciting, and then they're like, "You looking for tickets?" I'm like, "Oh no, <laughs> I don't, I don't live in New York anymore, so no thanks." All right, well, let me know. We're we're just selling tickets, but in in regards to that, I mean, that's how hard they're trying to sell tickets, right? They're trying to they're cold calling people to sell Frozen Four tickets. It seems kind of weird to me. I think they would sell out in Buffalo. Yeah, and I don't know how they picked that spot. I don't know if that's more centrally located for some of the Midwest teams because obviously you got the Minnesotas and and uh, Midwest teams that are usually in that Final Four. But you know, I don't know. I don't know how Buffalo gets, Center last year. I don't know how Buffalo gets. Uh, I mean, people think it's a nice city, but I guess when you're from around here, you don't think it's that great. <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, guys, it was um, you know good podcast and. You know, we'll, we'll keep you up with date, to date on all the, the happenings in sports and it definitely in the NHL coming up for playoffs. And in, uh, in the meantime, get on our Facebook and our Twitter, bluelinehockeyclub.com. Check out all of our podcasts. We're up to 51 now. So all kinds of podcasts to go back and listen to. And make sure you're sharing and liking all of our stuff on our social media. But until next time, folks, keep your sticks on the ice. Tell ya! Oh, Yo, doctor! Yeah. Oh, doctor. Apologies.